I'd be sitting at dinner, having my mum's dinner, I'd be like already thinking about, I'm gonna go upstairs and be sick actually, I'm gonna get this all out of me. 13 as well, that blows my mind at 13. I honestly thought this is the way to punish myself. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the next episode of Influence Me with me, Shaney Ryan. With 45% of the world's population now using social media on a daily basis, we are now more and more influenced by the people that we follow. But social media is such a tricky space to figure out what's real and what's in the highlight reel. So I wanted to create this podcast to dig really deep and get to know the people we look up to and get to know the person behind the digital fame. With this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some incredible people with amazing journeys and stories to share that you can either relate to or be inspired inspired by. Welcome to Influence Me. She went from working in retail to working on a fashion blog to being a full-time influencer. She creates content that's always 100% authentically herself and she can make any trend adapt to fit with her personality and personal style. She has generously shared with her 48,000 followers her travels to over 30 countries as a solo female traveller. And 90% of her trips are done on a very strict budget, which makes us all feel like seeing the world is a possibility when you're resourceful and a free spirit. Earlier this year, she became one of the naked hosts for Channel 4's body image show, Naked Beach, where she confidently demonstrated her ability to practice and preach self-love and exude body confidence, whatever your body type. She is one of the faces of Schwarzkopf's box hair colour and has shot three UK television adverts, three international campaigns, all whilst being dedicated to helping and personally coaching endless amounts of girls via her Instagram page. Every Sunday, she posts her self-care Sundays, a guide that assists her with her quest to help her audience feel that simply being authentically themselves is in fact good enough. I've known this lady for quite some time now, and although we've both tried to organise dinner several times over the years, it's never actually happened. So I'm feeling really blessed to have her joining me today, and I'm super excited to get to know her better. Welcome to my sofa, and to influence me, Charlotte Hull. Talk to me about your journey from fashion retail to fashion blogging, to becoming a full-time influencer, and more recently, taking your platform to what I would say towards something a little bit more meaningful Yay. and making a bit more of an impact on the world. Yeah, it's been quite a journey actually, right? So we're, go- we're going way back. We're going back. Right, okay. So I f- when I was at college, right, I, I started studying uh, photography and fashion. So I kind of knew I wanted to be in something like creative. Right. But I didn't really have like a clue of like, what am I actually doing in my life? Everyone was going to uni. I was like, I don't know what I love enough to kind of take to uni. I just didn't know. And at the time I was working in Domino's Pizza of like all jobs, like no one really believes it. They're like, wait, you were like cutting pizzas at 16? I was like, Do you yeah. like pizza? I love pizza. Me too. But so. I'm, t- I'm, I'm team Papa John's, like now I Are am. Are you? Yeah, I you're am. In the wrong, you're in the wrong gang. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I was working at Domino's Pizza and then I was like, no, I need to kind of like get into something that I love. So I wanted to be around fashion. And at the time I had no like retail experience or anything. So I was like, right, it's time to kind of like start volunteering. So I worked in British Heart Foundation, doing oh, okay. a bit of their visual merchandising, just in my local charity shop yeah. and just 
gaining experience that way. And, it's a good um, way to do it. Yeah. A lot of people aren't that resourceful. They just give up if they don't get an opportunity straight away. Exactly. So, like volunteering is the perfect way to like build anyone's CV Yay. anyway. I think that as well because people are like, oh, I ain't got the experience. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, I'll just try something else. And it's like, no, well, you know, you can gain the experience yeah. even if you're volunteering and not getting paid for it, like yeah. it's still something to add to your CV. Yeah. And you're doing something for charity, Yay. which is a bonus. Exactly. Yeah. So whilst I was juggling the job at Domino's, I was also doing a bit of charity work as well. So then I applied for my first job in retail in Covent Garden and I got it. I was like, oh my God, yes, amazing. And that was at Urban Outfitters. So I ended up being there for about two to three years. Yeah. Um, and on the side of that, I was also doing internships at Look Magazine and wow. had some like little TV opportunities. Um, there was this one thing with Hilary DeVay. Do you know Hilary DeVay? She was on Dragon's, Dragon's Den. Den. Yeah, yeah. She was a really scary yeah, woman. Yeah, I know who you mean. And like, I was only, I was only 18, right? And she was um, doing like this fashion show of kind of like to make someone her employer, uh, no, to make someone her employee. Right. And so she's interviewing me and she's like, so what's your five year plan? And I've got brace face, like my buttons unpopped, like I've got like tights that I've got a massive like ladder down them and I'm like scared to death of her. Right. And she's like, so what's your five year plan? I was like, I don't know my five year plan. Like I'm only 18 and I was so scared. And she was just like, so how am I meant to employ you if you don't know your five year plan? I was like, um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> like, so it was kind of those things that really built me into kind of like thinking like, oh my God, what, you know, what I'm supposed I to have yeah. a, I'm supposed to have a five-year yeah. plan here, apparently. Right. And I, I've That's never really believed in that. Exactly. And I've never believed in that. So then I stayed with retail for a bit. And whilst I was in retail, it was really good, actually. I, I, that's when I found my love for blogging and started my first ever blog. And it was, it was so good because there was, it was such an exciting time. Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, for me, blogging was never anything that was even on my radar. Yeah. So how did it get onto your radar in the face, first place? And then for you to actually take the steps to go, okay, I, th I think I'd quite like to start a blog to actually sitting down and starting the blog yeah. and making it happen. Like, what inspired you to do so, that? So, whilst I was at retail, um, we got a lot of new in clothes every day. So I thought, you know what? If I start styling this up and putting it on their Facebook page, it will kind of like show the customers what, what's new in the store instead of coming into store and stuff like that. And this is when Instagram was only like a couple of years old I think yeah. it was very was it 2012 yeah so Instagram was 2011 and um so I started doing that and I weren't getting paid any extra for it because it was something that I was just genuinely like yeah. interested in Takes doing. Takes you off the shop floor for a bit yeah. doing the same old thing. Exactly yeah. and I, I loved it I was like oh right so I've got someone styling me up and that's when I started um uh, seeing like a lot of books coming into Urban Outfitters. Do you ever go to that book table in Urban Outfitters? I oh haven't been into Urban Outfitters for a while. Oh, I find it quite books. an overwhelming store. It is. There's it's so much going on, on and I'm like really easily distracted. Yay! So I'm like, ooh, clothes, ooh, shoes, ooh, picture frames, <laughs> ooh, books, oh, jewellery. Exactly. It's a bit much for me, Shara, I'm it's, not going to lie. No, it was, it was a lot, especially at Christmas sales, don't get me started on that. But there was like always like this bookshelf and I oh, just loved it. I'd be like working and like, sneaking through the books and there was actually some books that came in about fashion blogs and I was like what the hell is a fashion blog like oh. I didn't know like and there was this one blogger that I started following her 
blog. Uh, I think she came up on that first page on Google, putting in fashion blogger. Uh, Kavita from She Wears Fashion. I don't know if you know her. No, she, I don't. She's, she's one of my close friends now, really? but at the time. I'll have to get her on the podcast. Oh my gosh, she's brilliant. <laughs> she, she was like my first inspiration for starting a blog. Like, right. So I was like watching how she done it. Like just things that kept me like coming back to her website like yeah. every week should be like oh thrifty thursdays what if i bought in a charity shop this thursday and i was like this is great like i love like i love oh. fashion and i was like there's so many different ways that you can work with fashion and bring it into your life and it builds up your confidence and and i was like right why don't i just start my own and that's when I started my own, it was, I think back then it was called like Crave Green Velvet because I was obsessed with green velvet. Okay. It was quite, quite bizarre. Um, but yeah, that's when I just started like shooting outfit posts and putting them on there and just, it was a great way for me to express my personal style and just have fun with it, with like. Did you feel like any pressure to like get followers or people to, were you just doing it purely for yourself and if yeah. someone happened to see it then? Exactly, like it was never about the followers then. I just was so just dedicated to being like, oh my God, like I found this new dress for like seven quid, I wanna show it. Like yeah. and really just put it out there. I didn't care if no one was seeing my post. And at the time, no one was seeing That's it. That's where all the OG bloggers started Yay. out, didn't they? Just with not caring and just doing it for themselves because exactly. they enjoyed it. And like, so interesting. Do you remember like the um, disco pants and like yeah. the Jeffrey Wait, Campbells? The Jeffrey Pat Campbells and the disco pants. Where are they from? American, um, American Apparel. American I literally I had like two pairs of those. Oh my God. They were so expensive. They were 76 quid, I think they were. Yeah, I ridiculous. think I bought mine in America. Yeah, same. And they and were like, like $40. It was yeah, brilliant. $40 in America. Yeah, uh, um, yeah I, I think that's where it just started just really like it was exciting wasn't it just back then you yeah. didn't care who saw it you just done it because you, Do you wanted still to enjoy the blogging as aspect yeah I feel like I don't actually blog as much like physically write to blog now there's so many different ways that you can showcase it well as video, we know video yeah content, video I love YouTube and Instagram, like there's so many ways you can watch someone now, like through stories. Do you miss the writing? I do, I actually do. Cause I, at the time when I first started my blog, I used to borrow my nan's laptop. I didn't right. even have my own laptop. And I was just like pulling like images from like ASOS and be like, oh, these are like my top 10 shoes of the week and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And when I was in the Look Magazine offices, like I would, be surrounded by like samples of clothes and I'd be like right just get a quick photo of me and that yeah and there was just so many ways that you just had so many ideas for different posts and stuff but I feel like I don't know I feel like blogs now are really good for like travel writing or for like things where you can yeah. physically they're still quite yeah they're still quite popular in travel yeah terms, aren't they? yeah and like well-being stuff like that that's what I do on my website I am um... I write travel posts. Yeah. Not regularly, but just when I'm really inspired by a trip that I've been on or I feel like I could like literally give somebody on a plate the perfect trick because exactly. I had such a good experience, I'll write it up and yeah. I think that's good. That's what I started then to do with my blog, like just write about travel yeah. because that's what I find myself just reading the most on blogs is mm. about travel. Because um, I love Styles better to be seen anyway. Yeah. So how did you turn what started out as a hobby into like a bona fide career that oh. makes you an income? Like what was the transition? It was quite a long transition, I'll be okay. honest. So I started, I started my blog early 2013 and then I think I got my first 
proper good paid job three years later in 2016. Wow, so that's a lot of perseverance. Yeah, it was a lot of kind of like dedication to just keep on posting. And to be honest, it was never about like just doing it for the money because I think if money's the main drive, then it doesn't show as well through your actual posts and stuff like that. But I, I was traveling at the time and I just found out that I'd just got this first like job in Tunisia with the tourism board oh wow yeah it was that come along I think because I was on an American road trip from Florida to California and I was just sleeping in the car every night doing it really cheap yeah um I was really inspired by that whole thing because like I said in your intro it made me really realize that you can travel whatever your budget like you've just got to get there it was just so so interesting but yeah whilst I was out in America that's when I found out about my kind of first big job in Mm. Tunisia and I was like oh my god like it was so new to me like negotiating like for money I didn't know what I was worth I was like oh my god what you know what content am I gonna do I was getting so excited by all these ideas Mm. and yeah it was a two-week road trip with the tourism board in um, in Tunisia and I came back and that's when I was like, right, with this money now, I can actually invest in a like a MacBook. And I was so excited by that. I was like, I'm going to actually be able to edit some videos on my own laptop. And it just really opened the world up to me. I was like, I can invest in a camera, a good lens. And like, yeah. that's the way I just started putting that energy out and being like, right, I want to attract more jobs. So this has given me hope that I can actually make this make into like a full-time career maybe. So how did you go about negotiating that first contract? Because I feel like for new influencers, it's, well, it's it's such an oversaturated market now anyway, but, like, how do you figure out, like, what your worth is? Well, this is the thing. It was so difficult back then because there was no guidelines to go by. You don't know how much an Instagram post... There's no pay structure for an influencer. Exactly. And, like, when I look back at that kind of money then to what I charge now, obviously my platform's, like, grown a lot, but it's, like... It is mad. Like I was like saying, oh, I'll do free Instagram posts per day for you, and I'll make a bundle price. So I was like, kind of thinking like in a like a business kind of point of view. Yeah. And my ex at the time, he was in sales as well, so he was like, right, let's let's do this properly. And it was it was amazing. Still at that time, I was like, brilliant. This is yeah, great. Paid work. But I think with kind of like figuring out worth of like what you should be getting paid. I think what made it good for me was having like friends in the industry already yeah that other bloggers yeah and being like oh guys what do you think is a good amount to charge because nobody knows and you know having like some friends in PR as well helped because they know how much they're willing to take like it looked to to pay yeah exactly to pay bloggers and stuff like that and it was also new that everyone's kind of like trying to build up some kind of structure Mm. yeah so yeah, I think just having that group, that WhatsApp group, and talking about that within them with those girls was amazing. Talk to me about your personal style, because okay. I feel like you have a really a really good sense of self mm. um, when it comes to your personal style. I think personal style for me is an ever-changing process. Mm-hmm. I like If someone asked me to define myself, I'd be like... I don't know because I it's, define it's it. yeah it's just it's like, just you yeah it's just kind of like it's, it's forever changing well if one day I fancy being an all black like this is the probably the most blackest outfit I've worn in a yeah. bit of time but I thought you know what I'll style it up with a pink blazer yeah but I've always been around style and fashion like my nan is probably one of my biggest inspirations 
Um, she is. Um, she was a seamstress, oh, and wow. yeah, so she used to make a lot of her own clothes and curtains, and she taught me quite a lot of things on the old sewing machine. But she loves style, loves it, and to just grow up watching her, just you know pair pieces together, wear bold colours, and I was like, right, I'm really inspired by you. Because the other day I saw you style um, sportswear from yeah. a brand that shall remain nameless, but yeah, um, yeah you were styling this um, sportswear outfit, and I never ever would have imagined you in sportswear, Yay. period, because I've always seen you in like really cool kind of like, you know, almost like hippie stuff, mm. and then like really cool edgy stuff, really trendy stuff. I'd never seen you in a pair of trainers and, you know, sportswear. Um, and the way you styled it, I was like, how on earth has she just managed to make those three items of clothing so her? Oh, and just the way that you produced the content, I was really like, wow, this oh, girl. You, you'll have to style me for something See, one that, day. That's what I think is like, that's why I was able to, I wanted to take that job was because I'm like, my style doesn't just reach a barrier. I want it to go into all different aspects. And yeah. of course, I, I'm going to wear sportswear, but maybe people don't see it as much on my Instagram. But I want to show there are ways to wear it for morning, day and night wear. Yeah. Like, you can wear it out. You can go from day to night. And, yeah, that, that excites me most about style and That fashion. was when I realised, like, you could really immerse your personal style into yeah. any trend that's on the high street. So I was really inspired by oh, it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, how's developing your personal style, like, helped with your confidence? It's helped a lot. Have you had any confidence issues along your journey? Yeah, I, I struggled a lot with body confidence in my teens and I, I've just always been that friend as like always been fashion. Sometimes I used to hide a lot behind fashion and be like, maybe if I weren't feeling so confident that day, I'd be like, right, I'll just wear some bright coloured clothes and then it'll kind of like shine through. See, I think there's something in that. Like, Yay. I remember ages ago, someone said to me something along the lines of, if you wear red socks, they cheer you up. I don't know where I got this from, but I remember at some point going, right, I'm going to buy some red socks. Yeah. Because then if ever I don't feel very happy, I'm just going to wear them and cheer me up. And it's such a silly concept, but you saying that has just reminded me of it. And maybe Yay. that is a thing. Maybe if you do feel rubbish, like you should just introduce some colour exactly. into your, you know, your world and all of a sudden you're going to feel way yeah. more confident. Um, speaking about body confidence mm. and about how to improve it you were on channel 4's naked yes. beach you were a host and for anyone that didn't see it tell them about that show about the process of getting the job and about ultimately what you had to do to be a naked host on naked oh, beach I, oh my god it was such an exciting time for me it, i bloody love that show if you haven't seen it watch, watch it. it because <laughs> it's brilliant but it was basically we was um we was testing a scientific study uh, from Dr. Keon West and he was basically putting the study out there and saying that people with low body image, if they spend time around normal naked bodies, their like confidence will grow. So we were filming out on a little island and we got some people in who were just feeling incredibly low about themselves. Like they took a test about themselves and they scored really, really low. And it was our job to kind of get them to feeling really good. Yeah, so, so that was your mission. Yeah, and the way we were doing that, we first of all, we were in body paint. So we were naked in yeah, body paint. Yeah, you had like just little tiny G-string on, yeah, right? And literally. then the rest of you was just body painted in bright, colorful, again, Yay. color, bright, colorful body paint. And exactly. there wasn't there like butterflies and all sorts going on all over Yay. your body, so it was incredible. So we wanted guests to kind of just be seeing like 
normal, unfiltered, that's what I mean by normal, just kind of like unedited, not on magazines, like edited version style with bodies and just be around them, seeing how they move and how they exercise and just seeing how body parts, you know, just genuinely So you move. guys exercise yeah, naked? Yeah, so we were actually doing like badminton, we were doing like rounders and all sorts and just whilst naked and it was it was quite mad. How did that feel? Because yeah, when I'm thinking liberating. about all the jiggle and all the wiggle, yeah. you know, I do boxing, I do um, hot yoga, I do boot camp. Exactly. I I personally, I think I would be horrified if I saw myself butt naked doing those, I those exercises. You know, the yoga pants do a lot for holding everything in. That's how they say that's that's what we've just been like so conditioned to see, here, yeah. isn't it? Like all in a sports bra, wearing leggings and stuff like that. And but it's like literally like sucking you in, so yeah. nothing really wobbles. So to actually like be doing those kind of like exercises, I think we've done like a sports day one day, and it yeah. was brilliant. Like with all. Um, wheelbarrowing and all sorts, egg and spoon race. And like just seeing bodies move like that was so much for the guests because they, they're like, oh, actually my body moves, my, my boobs actually jiggle like that when they move and run. Yeah. And so it was that kind of exposure to, to seeing other people. And there was like, a, it was a wide varied a bunch of people so yeah. it was nice it was like multi-races like multi-body sizes exactly and like just and our having... friend felicity did it Yay, as well felicity. who's a really well-known model and influencer yeah and it was just it was nice for the guests to be able to at least relate to some parts of us and um how scary yeah. was that for you at first when like the idea was like you're going to be naked we're, we're not used to being like naked around other people so it was a bit like oh but then I, I was digging deeper and I was like, wait, why does it scare me? Like, we're born naked. Why aren't we seeing more naked, like, naked bodies? Like, yeah. and I'll be honest, on the, the first day, like, being painted, it was a bit, a little bit alien. But, a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, but I, honestly, after an hour or two, it felt weird having to put clothes on that night or, like, it was just like felt fine really even like around everyone from the team you just feel really relaxed so I take it the crew had their clothes on yeah yeah they had their clothes <laughs> on and it, you know it was just so it was just so mad because I've got into such a comfortable state of having no clothes on what did, um, what did you learn about human beings like in general being in that situation because it's so, like you said it's such an alien situation I would mm -hmm. imagine you would learn something about human beings in general just from being in that circumstance to see how vulnerable people can be because of their body image that really hit home because I'm not of like around many uh, people that feel in a bad way about themselves to actually be with people that feel that way it's really emotional actually because it was a lot for us to take on because there was so many different emotions and feelings going on and they were all so deep rooted it could be stuff from their childhood or in, in through their teens or anything like that so it's very sensitive subjects to touch on so it kind of taught me listening is the most important thing you can do and actually genuinely being there and mm. being in the moment for someone um, but also what really got me was seeing the growth and seeing how someone can really turn that around and grow within a short amount of time and the long-term effects that it can have on someone is just amazing. Was there any stories that really touched your heart and that you kind of learned a lot from specifically? I think 
I think Mike, there was a guy called Mike on and he couldn't remove his hat because of his hair. He was just so conscious of how his hair was. And that was really upsetting because he come, he come to this really hot island and the fact he couldn't take his jacket off or his hat off and it was like 35 degree heat. And it's it's just those little things, it's like, wow, that that is really something to not even, you'd rather sweat and make yourself Suffer feel really comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it, but just to see his journey was just so... Oh, just yeah, it makes me emotional just thinking of really? it. Really, he's, he's yeah, he's incredible. What did you learn about yourself during that filming process? It's his yeah, it was a really long filming process. So you you I found myself not being on my phone, and my kind of job was actually put aside, so I didn't take on any other job. I was just solely in the moment throughout those weeks of filming. And I just learned that, you know, I have the capability to, to help. And that's my number one thing. I just want to be able to change people for the better and be a part of someone's process. And that was the most exciting thing for me, just that. And yeah, I just love the fact that I learned my skills of like communication and listening and really just being there, helping someone. Do you think being a part of Naked Beach was what inspired you to then take your own personal social media a little bit deeper and a little bit more, a little bit more meaningful? Yeah, that, that, that really did affect it, actually. When I came back, I was like, it's, it needs to be deeper than just talking about outfits. And even though that, that can massively help with your confidence, I need to be talking about how we can actually make people feel comfortable within their own skin and not having to change anything about them or for anyone else and just mm. do it for themselves. I wanted to ask you, especially from off the back of doing Naked Beach and your own personal mm. journey, do you think that most people's body confidence issues go back to learned behavior? Okay, if I look at my own situation, I have always grown up around mm. my mum, mm. kind of making negative com comments about herself. Mm -hmm. She would always, negatively self-talk um she didn't like her nose and all mm -hmm. these other things and and I think that then made me start looking at what I didn't like about yeah. myself and then throw me into a musical theatre college mm. that shall remain nameless where you're being told fat girls don't get jobs exactly. and all things like that that definitely created a period of time for me when I started to turn from a little girl into a teenager into a woman yeah where my body changes really affected me negatively yeah. there was definitely a spout where you know I would consider making myself sick there was definitely a spout mm -hmm. where I was calorie counting mm. you know abnormally and you know eating the wrong things but not very much and all that all that kind of thing yeah. and I do think that you know and I've said this to my mum I won't be saying it on the on the podcast without having already discussed it with her I do think that was learned behavior from yeah. watching her berate herself all the time Absolutely. Do, you, do you agree that that would yeah. be Definitely, I think it's so rooted within within us, and sometimes it's so like subconscious. We d we don't maybe not even recall that happening, but it's still inbuilt in us. Mm. Whether it's even like the things we're exposed to, whether it was certain TV channels that we'd watch or something like that, if we was always watching um like you know the the fashion models on the, on the catwalks and yeah. stuff like that, and we'd be see seeing this certain type of a woman or man and then we think oh wow like you know mm. my, my kind of body sits a bit differently or yeah her boobs aren't like mine and 
that was how a lot of media was like in magazines you'd look at the same and it would just be that yeah so it is like that through growing up I think and I don't know just being from being in schools even and there's loads of like diet ads like I've got a friend uh, from Naked Beach as well and she is currently com- campaigning against like banning diet ads around schools because if they're getting like if the kids are getting handed a leaflet to be like lose weight today and stuff that's going to be really they harmful yeah and so many so many schools okay it's it's crazy so there needs to be some serious changes for our younger generations today to mm. to really find the balance because then you've got people like jamie oliver who are campaigning for healthy meals yeah. in school but if that's not being communicated in the correct way exactly and it's not about health it's about weight then that's mm. where the problems sit in. yeah exactly did you have positive role models growing up when it comes to body image yeah i would say i feel I like did. you are very confident in your own skin you know you Thank do your you. youtube videos where you'll do like under wear hauls and yeah. you're quite happy to show your boobs and your bum and all these things mm. and I always look at you and just think bloody gorgeous oh, but you. I also think like the confidence that you have to do that that must come from somewhere yeah it, I mean I've got a very confident family thankfully I've always been very outspoken and just brilliant um but it, it, I did have a lot of struggles actually in my own teens I think when you start hanging around with the wrong group of people or there was actually a time what really affected me and I must have been so young, probably about 13. And it was this guy that broke up with me and I was so into him. And he, he left the me. one. Yeah, and I was like, he oh was my the God. one. <laughs> it's crazy how you think At like 13, that. Yeah, you're like, gonna marry him and have kids. <laughs> Literally, right? And it was something like he left me for this other girl and I started looking at this other girl and I was like, she looks nothing like me. I was like, she was just incredibly, incredibly slim and I, I wasn't like overweight, but I was kind of like not, you know, yeah, I was, I was like, yeah. And I just started comparing like, oh my God, getting into my own mind. I was like, he left me for her because of how she looks and beating yourself up at that young age. I was just like, wow. But it got really deep. Like after every meal, I'd go upstairs, purge the hell. And it become quite a thing for quite a few months, for like six months, because I honestly thought this is the way to like, to punish myself, because I was at 13 as well. That blows my mind at 13, that mm. I, I was doing something to harm myself, to make myself look different for somebody else. That was just, it was really, really mad. And it just got to a point of exhaustion. And I was just like, I can't keep doing this to myself. Mm. Who am I doing this for? And like, I just wasn't getting, I think I was making myself sick to hopefully see results too. Mm. But with bulimia, you could be the same way throughout the whole of your bulimic stage. And it's not something to lose weight with, but it was just something that I was so dedicated to do. Like I'd be sitting at dinner, having my mum's dinner. I'd be like already thinking about, I'm gonna go upstairs and be sick actually. I'm gonna get this all out of me. Did your mum catch it? No, she never knew until I spoke about it on YouTube two years ago. Right. And I kept it inside me for so long. I tried to talk to friends when I was like 13. But at that time, what, what, you know, there's, not, there's not really someone you can talk to and they genuinely understand because... For the benefit of some of our younger listeners, if you could go back and speak to 13-year-old Charlotte, oh what would you God. say? I would just be like, Charlotte, just be you and keep on being you and don't let anyone like 
try and jeopardise that. Yeah. Because the fact that I just got so hung up on this guy and then it started really taking toll on how I looked and getting into my own head thinking, oh, it's because of how I look. And it was it was just insane. So, yeah, just keep, just keep, do your own thing and probably don't be around guys. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, not 13, like, no. Hey guys, just a quick break to tell you about our sponsors. I wanted to tell you about my favorite new app. It's called Kindred. In a nutshell, Kindred allows you to share the things that you love whilst also donating to the charity of your choice. Yes, it's literally as simple as that. You post your favorite new coat, trainers, lipstick, or any other product that you choose from the Kindred app. Then you make a genuine recommendation to your followers and a percentage of every sale goes to your favorite charity. And if that wasn't good enough, a percentage of the sale also goes directly to you too. But if you're feeling super flush, you can always choose to give all of your commission away. You can download the app at www.kindred.co. That's www.kindred.co. Kindred, share what you love. Your YouTube channel is constantly growing, oh, like the growth in it is crazy. Your average view per video is around kind of three to 5,000, mm. right? That's what I noticed Yay. is like a trend. However, the video of you trying on your undies oh, no. is now at 235,000 oh, views. It's actually crazy. That is crazy. I think it's because, my personal thing is, I think it's because there is probably a lot of women out there mm. that, you know, you've got big boobs, haven't you? Mm. And you're proud of them. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of women out there that probably want to see somebody that looks like them, yeah. you know, advising on things like underwear and stuff like exactly. that, because it's not really something that women tend to speak about quite openly. I think it's something more appealing about that than seeing a Victoria's Secret model, you know, stomping down the runway. Do you think there is more need for more natural bodies on the runway? Yeah, um, you know, because Rihanna with Fenty is obviously smashing it oh right now. Gosh. She's got like a whole heap. She even had the girl that was in labor walking Yay. for her last year. Um, yeah, do you, do you think that we need to see more of that? Because there's got to be something in, you know, three to 5,000 views to 235,000 yeah. views. There's something in that. This is People want to see it, surely. Yeah, I think, well, what Rihanna's doing is amazing and so many, uh, underwear brands need to take note, AKA like Victoria's Secret, really need to change their way, how they're doing catwalks and stuff like that. Okay, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Mm. I wanna to talk to you about travel. Yes. You are known for being a female solo traveler. Yay. Now, I've traveled a lot on my own in the sense of getting on a plane and going somewhere mm -hmm. because I was a professional dancer, so you tour the world. But in terms of going on a trip yeah. by myself, um, you know, I am going to be 35 years old tomorrow. <laughs> and in terms of going on a trip by myself, I've never done it. You've got to do it. It is on my bucket list. Yes. I want to do like maybe something like a solo yoga retreat yes. or something like that. that would be That's amazing. what's on my goals list. But um, talk to me about being a solo traveler. Like, oh. where did you get the confidence? Like, what was your best experiences? Like, tell so, me everything and inspire us to do the same. I, what is there to learn? Oof, okay, so it all started when I was 18. I was like, right. I need to go traveling on my own. I was like, at the time I had no boyfriend, so, and I didn't want to rely on someone else to go traveling with me. I wanted just an experience for myself. And I was like, right, I've never, never been to Asia before. Let's go to Asia for mm. six weeks. I was like, I'm gonna do it. I told my mum and dad, they was like, no, you're not. I was like, no, but I am. And I'm gonna prove you wrong and I'm gonna do it. 
And I think that's important to just go with your gut because if you keep on looking at something for so long, you're not going to do it. Just do it. Do it. And so, yeah, I booked this trip and um, I ended up doing a bit of a tour out there. So it was meeting people. I think it was a Canadian tour group whilst we were in Thailand. And it was a great way for me to meet people. I didn't really know how traveling like Southeast Asia worked. So I thought being a part of this group would be quite good. And it was amazing. I met so many people, but I just, I just booked that trip and I just felt like I was becoming even more independent and Mm. I absolutely loved it. And that really sparked a new love for me, like of traveling to new places. And I've been very grateful for being in a family where my family love like family holidays and we go to a lot of different exciting places when I was younger. And that really built up my love for travel Mm. and to be able to do that on my own is just so like it's like breaking free it's liberating yeah and meeting new people along the way from all different countries is just so exciting and doing things on your own terms if you know if I wanted to do something that someone else didn't want to do that day that's fine because I'm on my own journey um so yeah and then I've just actually been on one um, solo trip this year to Lisbon and I flew out there on my own and I just loved it I stayed in hostels and there's no pressure when you go to hostels you can you know gel with people get to know new people or you can just do your own thing Mm. and I think that's important for me having that mixture when you when you are on this journey which country do you think helped you the most with your self-development Thailand it just was so new to me I'd never been to anywhere in Southeast Asia before and like I just um I found myself just really out of the rat race in London and it was nice because people work on a lot slower pace um out there and it's absolutely just it's inspiring yeah so I think the thing with living in the western world is you're always living either in the past or in the future yeah we're very rarely in the present moment so if you've learned that from your travels, then yeah, <laughs> that's priceless, surely. There's things that you can take away from that and maybe incorporate some meditation into your day-to-day and focusing on yourself a lot more. Mm. So I think it's important. Is that kind of what inspired Self-Care Sundays? Yes, yay, exactly that. I wanted to kind of have somewhere on my stories where someone can just come back to something regularly. And it only started earlier this year. And it's just my free tips basically of um how someone can focus on themselves and not not spending a crazy extortionate amount of money like you don't need a crazy rich like massage to Mm. to just be good to yourself Mm. you can just go for a walk along the park or something and just take five minutes out of your day yeah, I love what I love about your content is it that it's all accessible. Yeah. Like I never look at anything that you recommend in your self-care Sundays and think, oh, that's gonna cost me an arm and a leg. It's all stuff that I could make happen just within my own home or exactly. stepping out the front door. Um so that's what that's what I personally love about it. Yeah. You seem like you're very much into a healthy mindset. Where did that develop? Um, I honestly think it is through traveling yeah. that has really created like a healthy mindset and I've started, you know, looking into how the mind works and how just how to be better for you. And um, it's taking little steps like journaling, for instance, or making like a vision board um, and just getting into just having your own space and 
meditating and bits and bobs like so that. So let's dive into some practical takeaway tips for the okay. listener because I would love for people to walk away from listening to this podcast and go, I'm going to try that. Yeah. So let's start with journaling. journaling. That is something that I personally have not done yet. Mm. But if we're talking about signs from the universe, this journaling sign keeps coming up to me. Yeah. I've heard it in at least two podcasts recently. Then I saw it mm. on your self-care Sundays. Then it came up um, in, I think I was watching a TV program. Mm. It came up in like a conversation there. So I feel like I keep getting the journaling signal yeah. that that's something I should do. So empowering evening questions, whether that's um, what did I do with my day and how did I work towards my future or work towards my goals okay. or anything like that, that's actually going to make you think, okay, I've actually achieved something today. This is what I've taken away from it and this is what I'm going to do tomorrow to keep on track. What else might somebody journal about? Um, you could, so if you're on the career path and you're kind of like figuring that out or you're working towards a certain goal, you need to really break that down into little sectors. You know, how, how am I going to achieve this by what time or what time of the year or uh, just really, that's the key thing is breaking everything down to like achievable, manageable goals. Like mini goals. Yeah, mini goals. Like sometimes I'll have to to-do lists. And then I'll have like to-do lists off of that to-do list. So it's like a mother to-do list and like just things like that. But okay. unclear your brain into like a journal and like have questions off of questions and dig deeper. So you're a believer in the law of attraction? Yes, massively. Talk to me about that. For anyone that doesn't know what the law of attraction is, explain oh. it. How do you in incorporate that into your world and how do you use it to get what you want in life? So I, when did I start? I started believing in the law of attraction a few years ago when I was trying to make um, blogging my full-time job. I was, I think I watched a couple of documentaries on Netflix. I think it's The Secret and that people Is read that the book. Is that a documentary on Netflix? Yeah, it's, 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 I'm it's so documentary watch that. version. I did not know that. Yeah, so they've got the book I've and the, the documentary, book. yeah. And I just find it better when I'm visually kind of watching things Have sometimes. you read The Power of Now? Yeah, I've read that. So well. I need to read that one. Yeah, and so they're, they're really good for kind of like getting you into it and like learning along on a long way. And it's, you're forever learning about the law of attraction, mm -hmm. but it's taking things away from it of how you can attract things into your life. So in my room, I've got all of my goals like written out post, a, on post-it notes. Vision board or? Oh, well, I've got a separate vision board, but my goals, I've even got them just in my wardrobe, just on post-it notes. That's such an easy and simple way to do it. Yeah, and it can be the smallest goals. So I will actually, this is quite mad. When I first started the law of attraction, I wanted to connect more with like bloggers that I love and who have inspired me. So I wrote down six bloggers who I wanted to notice my account and follow me. And so I wrote that at the beginning of the, of the year and by the end of the year, they had all followed me. Wow. And it was just little things like that, but not, not because- But you it know. affirms that it's working, yeah, right? And it's just something, even though, you know, I'm not messaging them like, oh, follow me because I've got you on my goals list. Nothing yeah. like that. I might have, you know, met them at an event unexpectedly or they've just come across my account or anything like that. So it's little things like that. And I done a video a few years ago talking about my goals and how I had one of like, get a TV advert. And then that year I had a TV advert. Well, I had free that year. I had all sorts. And that was written on one of your post-it notes. That was on my post-it notes. And... 
I just found that because I was exposing myself to those goals every day when I opened my wardrobe to look what I was wearing today and I looked at those goals, subconsciously you're attracting that into your life. That's such a, I'm so going to yeah, do that. That is do. such a practical way. And, um, and an easy way if you don't want to get into the depths of a vision board. Exactly. What, what's your, how do you go about doing your vision board? So my vision board, at the beginning of, the, of this year, um, my boyfriend was in quite a, a bad place with direction and stuff, what he wanted to do. And I said, let's sit down and do a mini vision board. Mm. Just on the back of like a, a postcard, I said, right, let's, let, let's write a letter to our future self. I do that. Yay, see, and stuff like that. And I really wanted it to be visual and it was on a postcard so I could look at it every day. And I just put in the middle of it, 2019, Dear my future self. And off of that, I just let my doodling brain just run free. And yeah, there was like some little things like make money internationally, like so really broaden my career international. Mm. And um, I've achieved that this year, which is amazing. amazing. Like, and like just uh, like growing strength within my hair. And my hair is in such a better place now to compared to this time last year. And just little things, right, that you might just overlook. And just having that all there to how you want your future self to look like. I just, I think it's really important. It's powerful. Yeah, and you can I, do it at the beginning of each month even, or, yeah. you know, a big one for the beginning of the year. It can be anyway, but just getting that pumped up feeling of being able to think, yeah, I can do this. So uh, I'm loving speaking to you because I'm like a little spiritual being just yeah. like you. Um, <laughs> literally, I'm like so into all of this. So we've done journaling, we've done gratitude, we've done law of attraction. You're into crystal healing and I crystals. Am. Now this is something I'm really new to. So talk to me about your journey with crystals and what you think they can kind of bring to people in terms of well-being and health and, so, and add to the, the journey in which we're on in this conversation. Yeah. So crystals are, again, very new to me as well. I've just bought um, a crystal book that I loved reading about each of the crystals, what their, their healing um, properties have. And I then found myself like being drawn to crystals. I feel like whenever you walk into a crystal shop, you're kind of drawn to one and that's the one you should buy. Mm. Like, it's not necessarily picking out what what is... Um, what you need i feel i feel mm. like if you you're drawn to one you should buy that and then read up of the properties of it after okay, but, i've never approached it like that yeah, so i'm going to try that next time I, I go to your shop yeah i feel like when you know when you're doing that from a shop point of view but then since then i was like right i kind of want i want a whole load of crystals now mm. that i can start meditating with and i've actually got them above my bed i've got them all lined up and it's um Sometimes when I meditate in the mornings, I'll take crystals that I need the healing properties from and I'll meditate with those. So citrine's my favorite for creativity. Like I just really feel like I need that. And there's so many different ones that can bring you things. And like, oh, it's, it is, it's amazing. It just takes a lot of like reading up on it. Do you meditate every day? I try to. I need to be in the right space. See, I'm the worst meditator. <gasps> I've tried it. Yeah, but because, wait, so do, does your mind just go everywhere? Oh, I cannot switch off this brain for a second. But this it's is so the thing, that's normal though. But it's, it's getting through that. Because at first, we're going to have so many things, right? That we're always thinking about future 
past, what we need to do. Oh, you know, why am I spending this time meditating? I could be doing X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah, my to-do list is just ticking yeah. through my head like a scrolling, you know, ball of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, uh, it's why am I I've not got the time for this? The only time I would say I've ever reached a meditative meditative state is when I am in my healing sessions yeah. with Jane. Okay. That's like... 30 minutes to an hour of healing. And that's the only yeah. time I would say my mind goes completely clear. i the same with you. I, I just can't get a clear mind. I need to train it up to get to a really like relaxed state. Mm. So that whether that's me just focusing on something, for instance, um, if I've got the image of like a tree, if I'm just focusing on how that tree is moving, what that tree looks like, as long as my focus is on one thing, because I can never think about nothing. I just can't. I yeah, don't, I don't know. Yeah, not for you. And so Maybe there's so many thing. different ways of and meditating. no one's ever said that to me. No yes. one's ever said to me it's okay to focus on one thing yeah. and think about maybe something in nature. Everyone's always said when you meditate, your mind should be blank. And oh, that is I what can't I can't do. do. So maybe I'm going to try it your way. Yeah, you know what? And there's sometimes when I'm holding a crystal in my hand and I'll focus on that and how that feels in my hand because usually... Uh, crystals make me feel tingly so I think I think about the sensation that it gives me in my hands and what I want it to bring to me the warmth the colors start really coming through and visualizing all of these things so then you start to create like an image in your brain but you're not thinking about your to-do list you're not thinking about mm, anything you're else still, like, switching you're just off there. from your daily stress exactly but you're just in the moment with just you your feelings your breath that's another way. You can just think about your breathing and think about like bringing it in and out. And then you will just find yourself that is all you're thinking about. You're okay. in and out breath. What benefits have you seen to your life since you started meditating? More productivity. Really? I feel, yeah, I feel like if I start my day with that, then I've kind of got like a more clearer vision of like what I want to achieve that day. And meditation can work differently for everyone else. It may make people feel a bit more relaxed or but for me it makes me feel a bit more focused a bit more kind of self like aligned with myself so yeah so in terms of productivity when would you say that your your work ethic was at its peak in your career so far because I feel like you've got a really good work ethic yeah thank you um I feel like it was the peak uh just before um well, just before and after I went full time with it, I think because it was just an exciting like, wow, like this could be my job and this is my job. Like both so of those like things. Hundred miles an hour, just yeah. going for it. I was like, wow, like think of all of like the things I can do, and it was just such a like a time to be like, wow, go wild with it, take any idea, and honestly, I feel like that it has slipped off in the past year, and I need to kind of get back. Why do that you think buzz. that is? I think it's because of direction. I, I, I'm like, I'm at a point where I'm like, oh, what, what, what do I want to do? I feel like I need change to kind of like, to get me back on track with more full focus in, in something. It's that figuring out stage at the You're moment. You're going through a transitional period. Yeah, exactly. Okay, how do you stay focused and motivated though to keep going with what the path that you're currently on when you're mm. feeling like you need newness and you need potential? potentially need a complete change because uh, I think what keeps me going still it all comes down to gratitude again is just realizing like why I why I do it I'm going back to how grateful I am to be in a in a position I am and you know not forget how excited I was to make this into like my full-time job 
but yeah, I don't, I, I, it's just one of those stages at the moment, which I think is perfectly fine and normal. And that's what I like to put to my audience as well and be like, it's okay to not know sometimes. Yeah, I think as an influencer, like the the perfection, the perfection is always the foot that oh they put God. forward, isn't yeah. it? And I think even myself, I'll say we. Um, but yeah, to actually expose that you're not even you who's got this almost like perfect path set out for mm. them in the, in the world of being an influencer and what you stand for. Even you have moments where you not quite sure you're doing exactly. the right thing and you're not on the right path. We can look at someone's life online and be like, oh, they've got their life together. But then it's like, there's so much that goes on behind scenes that maybe people just don't talk about. And I think it just calls for another conversation of like, it's all right to not always know what path you're going down and it's okay to switch up paths mm. and, and explore with new things and new hobbies and new ways of just getting excited for life. If you could add three things to your life right now, oh what would they be? Oh my God, I think having a permanent setup of where I live. I okay. think that's, that's actually one thing that really hinders my productivity quite a lot is that I live a lot out of a suitcase, whether I'm back and forth from staying at my boyfriend's, living with my nan, living with my parents, I'm in like this Treeway, yeah. And if I had one place where all of my stuff was, all of my studio lighting was, all of my wardrobe, then I feel like I would be more settled within like being able to put my full focus into that. Mm -hmm. So having a home, um, oh, I think being somewhere by the sun, like I feel like the weather really can affect my moods, right? Massively, and yeah, that sad disorder is a real thing. Oh my gosh. That is legit a real thing. Literally, 100%. winter hibernation is too much for me sometimes. I yeah. have to, that's why I feel like I'm always itching to travel and get away. But I literally, I think that's what it is at the moment permanent setup and sunshine. I can't really think of a third one. What about I, something in your career? Uh, yeah, I guess actually having more clarity. Clarity. We'll go with clarity. Clarity. Yeah, clarity. I like those three. <laughs> sun, 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 property, and clarity. That good. good little trio. Yeah, that is a good little trio. What is on your post-it notes that you haven't yet achieved this year? <gasps> oh, oh. Because I want to, I want to put this out there and then see if you get them before the end of the year. <sighs> so actually, it was. Um, well, one of them is to book a winter trip. I've not booked a winter trip okay. yet. Okay, maybe we should book one together. Yes! So I've been currently searching Skyscanner like a mad woman the past week. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, I need to have a little look. But um, so I think book a winter, winter trip. And then my one was to actually get a viral video. But then I would say that underwear one is actually... That is, that, that's, that's your viral okay, video, so my yeah, friend. That's, that's one I can take off then. You can take that off your post-it Oh my God, notes. yeah, so we're, we're doing good. So you've got one left. Yeah. I'm so doing this post-it note yeah, thing. You've legit too. confirmed that's the way I need to go. Um, when you're not feeling motivated or maybe you're feeling sad or low and you're just not having a good time, mm. like what's your go-to to, to get out of it? Is I it think if I'm not feeling motivated, I can't put the pedal on to work. I need to come away from it completely. Find other ways that can possibly get you back on track. Get your feelings out. Go and see um, maybe a movie that you've wanted to see for a while. Also, just something that you feel like, I'm gonna come away from it feeling better, focusing on Do you. Do a self-care Sunday. And come away from your phone. That's another thing as well. If you're feeling low, don't scroll for everyone else's stories because you'll be seeing what everyone else is up to. No, that's not gonna help your mood, so just 
come away from that. Delete the app if you need to. How do you do that with your, it being your job? You know what? I wish there was a way you could just switch off stories. But I've actually, oh, it sounds bad, but I've actually started muting some people that I feel like I'm constantly on their stories. Is that bad? No. I, I feel I like it's healthy. I think that's like self-preservation. Yay! I feel like because I I've, just... I've unfollowed some people that I really like before because I didn't want to get the green-eyed monster. Yeah. Because I don't think that's a nice thing this to have. Thing. And the reality is if you're going through a tough time or your career's not going the way you want it and then mm. you're seeing other people just like living their best lives, yeah. it can make you feel really shit. Exactly. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to look away or just to mute or to unfollow for a yeah. little bit. And if I've ever unfollowed anyone, don't take it personally. It's oh, just no. you were doing really well and it was making me feel really bad. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I had to I had to look away for yeah. a minute. But um, And I feel like put my phone on airplane mode and then if I still sometimes I'll slip onto desktop Twitter and I'm like, no, sign out. And actually, like, sometimes I just don't remember my password, which is a blessing sometimes. So I just need to be logged out of social media for a while and just put my focus where it needs to be because mm. social media can be a little devil and just be like a, like a sap sometimes of your mm. energy and it's not good. Well, I feel like you have really inspired me today. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the most important question of the entire podcast, okay. all right? What is the caption you want to leave our listeners with today? Okay. And do not forget the hashtags because they're super important. Oh, you know what? I'm not much of a hashtag girl, but because it's you babes I'll, had, I'll add some hashtags okay. in but I, I would probably go with a quote oh, I don't know it would have to just be something like just do you and keep on doing you love and it and just don't forget about everyone else because they're just in the background and if you know if it's making you happy continue doing it so do you do you and keep on doing you love and it. hashtag hashtag self love hashtag happiness hashtag on the road to a better me. Oh, I'll take that. Thank you so much for joining oh, me, thank Charlotte. Thank you for having me. So that was such a great episode for me, guys. I definitely took something away from that. I hope you did as well. Thank you so much for joining us. What an incredibly liberating and uplifting episode. I personally love to immerse myself in Charlotte's world whenever I want to see empowering captions or a real woman showing confidence in her body or, you know, I need a little prompt to take better care of myself. So I urge you to do the same. Check her out yourself. Follow her on socials. Uh, you definitely will not regret it. Her Instagram feed genuinely makes me smile. I never leave her page feeling negative about myself, which is exactly the type of influencer that I want to influence me. It's healthy to be following her. If this episode has helped you in any way or you enjoyed listening, please do subscribe, rate this podcast. It's so important so that it gets to more people. Wherever it is that you listen, just give it a little rating, give it a thumbs up and all that lovely stuff. Leave a review. Um, also, don't forget to share this with anyone in your life that you think might be benefit from hearing what we've spoken about today if you think anything charlotte said can help them in the way it may have helped you also give it a share on social media we love an instagram story here at influence me and i'll be sure to give you a repost just give me a follow at shaney underscore ryan i just wanted to say a mega thank you to our sponsors today kindred share what you love Influence Me was written and presented by me, Shaney Ryan, and produced and edited by Dawn Kelly for Birdline Media. Follow them at Birdline Media and follow me on Instagram at Shaney underscore Ryan. Our theme music is by Jaylee Music. And if you like today's show, be sure to rate us wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks when you can catch my next special guest. <laughs>